0: So the, the curriculum, as you know, that we're walking through over four years, uh, cover to cover in Scripture, the, the curriculum comes in 10-week units. On week 10, it takes some time to review the previous nine, just so that there are these regular patterns of review and reminding. So here's how we're going to do this today. Uh, We're going to do a short video. It's just over four minutes uh, from Answers in Genesis, and then we're just going to do some open Q&A. So if if there are things that as we've walked through this, you might have questions about, uh, we're happy to discuss those and field those questions with a reminder. I am not the expert on all things creationism, so I may answer your question with, I don't know, but I'll find out. So that's okay. You don't have those weird, uh, false expectations of me, uh, which is good, because I will disappoint you every time. Uh, So uh, we're going to go ahead and watch the video, and then we'll go from there.
1: Why shouldn't Christians accept millions of years? Why shouldn't Christians accept millions of years? Today, most Christians seem to accept that idea and they have for the last 200 years. But there are a number of reasons why we shouldn't. First of all, the evidence in Genesis 1 is that the days of creation were literal. God defined a day uh, in verse 5. He used uh, numbers, first day, second day, third day. We also get an idea of how long ago these days were in Genesis 5 and 11, where we have the genealogies from Adam to Noah and Noah to Abraham. And so those tell us how long ago the creation was. The second reason is Exodus 20 verse 11. God gives the commandment to the Israelites to work six days and rest on the seventh because he created in six days the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. We can't have any creation before the six days and God uses the same word for days in both parts of the commandment showing that god created in six literal days the third reason we should reject the millions of years is because of noah's flood noah's flood literally washes away those millions of years because that millions of years idea came from supposedly the geological record but it came as a result of of geologists nearly 19th century rejecting the biblical account of the flood and then using anti-biblical assumptions to interpret the rocks and the fossils. But Noah's flood is described in Genesis as a global catastrophe. So it would have produced exactly the kind of geological record we see today of of thousands of feet of sedimentary rocks and fossils buried in them. A fourth reason is Jesus' view. Jesus always took the Old Testament uh, accounts in Genesis as literal history. And in Mark chapter 10, verse six, Jesus is responding to a question by the Pharisees about divorce and he says, From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. He then quotes from Genesis 1 and 2. So Jesus is saying that Adam and Eve were right back there at the beginning of creation, not billions of years after the beginning as the evolutionists would want us to believe. A fifth reason we should reject the millions of years idea is because of the Bible's teaching about death. The Bible says in Genesis 1 that God created a perfect creation. It was very good. People and animals ate plants. They didn't eat animals. And then God cursed the creation, bringing death into the creation. And so Paul says in Romans 8 that the whole creation is now in bondage to corruption. A sixth reason is because science has not proven millions of years. See, the millions of years doesn't come from the rocks and the fossils. It comes from the interpretation of those things. And those interpretations are based on anti-biblical assumptions that dominate the scientific community today. So, the rocks don't say millions of years, it is the interpretation. And finally, uh, we should reject this because The radiometric dating methods are not foolproof methods for giving us the age of rocks. Those methods are based on anti-biblical assumptions, again, and there's good reason uh, to believe scientifically that those assumptions are false. So ultimately, the real battle here is not between science and religion. It's a battle over authority. Will we believe the Word of God, who was there at the beginning, who knows everything, who always tells the truth, who never lies, and who gave us an inspired account so that we would have the truth about where this world came from, why it is the way it is, and where it's going? Or will we believe the fallible opinions of sinful men called scientists who don't know everything, who make mistakes, and who are trying to explain the world without God so they do not have to be morally accountable to Him? It's an issue of authority, and we need to believe God's Word.
0: We picked that video because it kind of summarizes in short fashion uh, the last nine weeks as we, as we have walked through Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and the first part of Genesis 3. Uh, starting next week, as we go into Unit 3, uh, we'll, we'll continue on in the back half of Genesis 3 and go on for the next several uh, chapters, and we'll even be looking at things like uh, the flood and Noah and, and, and all of that. So some interesting things are coming up over the next unit for us, the next 10 weeks. So, um, as we have walked through this over the last nine weeks, Genesis 1, 2, and uh, the beginning of 3, what are some questions you've had or or thoughts you've had? I know there have been questions because Gene confronted me earlier uh, this week. He said, I had a question uh, last week, but then you did, and I quote, the 1, 2, 3, go team thing. And I wasn't able to answer, ask my question. So, um, what questions are there before I do the one, two, three, go, team thing? Crickets. Cr- yeah, I know crickets. It's not a question about crickets. Yes, ma'am. Right. Yeah. So in Genesis two seventeen. Um, do not for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat from it, for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. the The usage of the word day is different there. Uh, than uh, it, it would be in Genesis one in the the creation account, um, you know, re- referring back to,, you know, almost like an era, uh, you, whatever time you eat of that. whenever you do that in the day that you eat of it, um, it day is used differently in, I'll get there, uh, chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that Yahweh God made earth and heaven. So he didn't make everything in a 124-hour period of time. So it's, it's a usage of the same Hebrew word, yom, that is referring to a larger period of time. But Genesis 1, because even, even with our word, day, you can use it in different ways Uh, To me, the biggest argument for a 24-hour period of time from Genesis 1 is the fact that he assigns numbers to it, which he mentioned briefly in the video. First day, second day, third day, fourth day. uh, Therefore, letting us know this is a literal 24-hour period of time. So when he says day, he means day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So none of the animals in the garden ate other animals. Correct. They all, everything was vegetarian, including the people. So it's not until after uh, the flood, when they come off the ark, that God says, just as the green plants were, the animals also are, are for you to eat. So there is no you know, animals eating other animals, because there's no death before the fall in Genesis 3. Everything is, is living. Uh, so they're all eating broccoli and <clears throat> kale, and all, which is weird considering uh, God calls it paradise. Um, <laughs> we can thank
1: everybody
0: we, we, yes, we can. Yes, it, if, you know, Romans eight twenty eight 28 is, says God uses all things, including all the bad, for our good. So God uses even Adam and Eve's sin to bring about Steak, burgers, and pork chops, and thing, things like that. So God is very gracious and kind to be able to do that. So yes, you, you've read that right. There, there is no death of any kind, including animal and animal death. Yeah. Michael. That's a great question. So when God says to them, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die, there is no death. They have no experiential knowledge of of death. Nothing around them has ever died. So the only explanation is that God has explained to them what death is. I mean, this is not a full manuscript of all that God has told them. You know, the the text tells us God walks with them in the garden in the cool of the day. So there is this relationship that they have uh, with God as he's teaching them how things work and what, what creation is like. So even think of um, you know, what, what happens if they, you know, the, the first time, to, to be crude, but this is where my, my head goes, um, do you think they freaked out the first time they went to the bathroom? They had never gone to the bathroom before. Do you think they were going, what is this? Yeah, this isn't, this is weird. This isn't supposed to happen. What is going on here? Um, yeah, why am I leaking? It, you know, has, is, has God explained to them, this is how this goes. They don't know how to do anything. Um, so either God's explained it or he has embedded it in their preformed knowledge that they had when they were created. Remember, they're not created as babies. They're adults. They have evidence of age. So they might have been created with some knowledge. Uh, we, and we don't know what that is. The text just doesn't speak to it. So I saw, yes, saw I hand back there. I see that hand. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, so does that mean at the end of creation, when God restores heaven and earth, that the dinosaurs will be there with us? I hope so. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool that I- I- extinct species are brought back to the earth? That, that was, Whatever was part of his original creation gets to come back. Um, well, yeah, there will be no death in heaven, so they're not going to eat us. So, so that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, yeah well, there's going to be like Jurassic Park in heaven. That, but they won't rebel and you know kill us all. Um, so, it, it would stand to reason if God is restoring things back to Genesis and the paradise of Eden and the original creation. Again, new heavens and new earth. It's the same language from the early chapters of Genesis, that as part of a redeemed earth, we, we could absolutely have dinosaurs there that aren't deadly. Um, we don't have to be vegetarian. <laughs> I hope not that we have to be vegetarian. So through, um, through Isaiah, one of the, the prophecies of you know, depending on how you look at it, whether the millennial kingdom or in eternity, one of the descriptions of life there is eating the choicest of meats and the finest of wines. So I'll take that to mean filet. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going all Flintstones. We're, you know, we're going to have the big steak on the plate um, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. The answer to the age-old question, the chicken came first. Yes, yes, not the egg. He didn't create anything in its, yeah, nothing was created in its embryonic form. Uh, Yes, it was all created with evidence of of age. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is Adam working. This is him cultivating the ground. Uh, So at, at some point, God is teaching him knowledge of today what we would call farming, so it's not that all of this is just sprouting up. Naturally, he, he has commanded humanity to work the earth before the fall. Oh, yeah, I mean, it could be of him teaching him what he's going to have to do. The, the change that happens after the fall is now the earth is producing thorns and thistles. It's, it's now hard work to eat from it. it. It seems like it was easier to cultivate the ground. Yeah. Because we have to you know, remember what Romans 8, and he mentioned it briefly in the video, um, the earth itself, the planet was broken by sin in the fall. It's not just humanity that is condemned to death. The earth is condemned to death. So all of the universe now is condemned to death because of sin. Uh, so e- even our farming practices and the ability to cultivate has changed because of what sin has done to the planet. So, so think of, um, you know, in the, in the book of uh, Nehemiah, after the Israelites come back from the Babylonian captivity and they rebuild the walls. And with Ezra, they rebuild the temple um and and what a glorious day of you know they've been in captivity for 70 years they've restored the city they've restored the temple they can worship god appropriately again according to the law they've got the walls built up to protect the city and the text tells us that the the older israelites who had been in jerusalem before the captivity they come back um they're they're weeping everyone else is rejoicing But the older Israelites are weeping because they saw it in its original glory before it was destroyed. And the second temple, uh, which historically is known as the second temple period, Jesus lived during the second temple period, it's not the original temple that Solomon built, it's the second one, it paled in comparison to the first one and the older ones among them weep for what they had lost. So think of Adam and the end of his life having seen what original creation was and the glory of it now, hundreds of years later, all the death and destruction that has come, including the murder of his own son, th- that has come because of the sin that he was responsible for bringing into the world. Uh, that's a tough end of life to, to deal with. Yes. So Adam and Eve have some sort of sophistication. How do we then explain cavemen? Well, we, we assume that cavemen were stupid. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis called it chronological snobbery, that, that when we look back, we, we're better in all ways. You know, our books are better than theirs, and we, we're more enlightened. We know more than they know. Uh, that's not necessarily true. Uh, so even back then, the things that they knew, you know, they, we still don't know how the ancient Israelites built the pyramids in Egypt when they were slaves. We couldn't do it today yet they did it without modern machinery we we don't have the modern machinery now to do it so even the ancient temple in jerusalem um there are foundation stones that they have dug up that are so large they literally do not know how they move them into place because today they're too big for us to move into place without breaking it's insanity so they they knew far more than we give them credit for. Now, they may not have had uh, alphabets like we have. You know, that was a, a later invention and written language. All that comes eventually over time. So, you know, the drawings and stuff and caves and all of that, that's just their language. That's how they're communicating story. It doesn't mean they were dumb. It just means they didn't have the alphabet like we have. So they're not writing books. They're painting on cave walls. Uh, so, for example, again, ancient cultures... Um, a friend sent me an article this week. The the Roman roads that the Roman Empire built around the world are still there. They have not deteriorated. They're they're still there. Um, You know, ones that Paul mentions that Paul himself walked on in his missionary journeys are still there. You can still walk on them. I mean, it's fascinating. The Romans invented a form of concrete that was self-healing. That it, its chemical makeup, when it would crumble, would heal itself and reharden. We can't do that today. But the Romans did it 2,000 years ago. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. So they're not near as dumb as we think they are. Um, they, they were quite sophisticated in what they did. Their knowledge of creation, of the world itself, and how it worked um, far surpassed anything of modern society today. Yeah. Yes, ma'am? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're witnessing with animals. They're, they're, they're obviously reproducing. The command from God to creation is to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, it's, his crea- it's his command to Adam and Eve. That's his very first command is to be fruitful and multiply. So, uh, yeah, we, we just don't know because, again, we don't have a full script i wish we did that would be great if we had that well yeah yeah. we don't know how big the garden is so um you know they're going to start having you know high-rise apartment buildings to fit more people uh in the garden to to have it go up especially with no uh, with perfect bodies they have no physical issues that would cause them to not get pregnant um, so one of them is the Tigris. So that one. The other one's um, not necessarily. Uh, so, so people throughout history have used those four names and the fact that all of them come from the Garden of Eden to attempt to find the location of the Garden of Eden. So if you followed those four rivers up to their source, could you then find um, you know, paradise uh, and all that? So people have, have tried to do that. The problem is after the flood, all that's been destroyed. Um, all that's gone. Um, and even the, the maneuvering of the rivers and their flow, they're not even close to where they used to be. Yeah, all that's changed. And even naturally over time, you know, rivers change. Yeah. What else? We got a couple more minutes.
1: Well,
0: I would imagine the angel didn't drown in the flood. They have wings, right? Can't they fly? oh yeah yeah they're they're sort of above creation <laughs> it's like one of those scenes from a scary movie the water's just creeping up and it, you know he's having to yeah who knows yeah I, yeah do angels breathe i don't know yeah i know they have feet they have wings yeah yes sir Sometime during creation week. We have no record of it specifically, but they are as created beings. They would have been made during sometime uh, creation week. It wouldn't have been beforehand because then your creation starts before creation week. Um, So imagine then how quickly Satan, who is an archangel, falls. I mean, it's, it's almost instantaneous. I mean, it's within days of his creation, he immediately wants to be God. Uh, Isaiah 14, that, that's, that's what's going on uh, there. Uh, so he very quickly, as a created being, rebels against his creator, uh, which again, you know, we're preaching from Psalm two today. That's, that's what Psalm two is about. It's rebellion against, against God. Yeah, yeah, yep, great question. Where did all these people come from? Uh, and and he, he, some people even ask, where did Cain's wife come from? Um, it's because he married a family member. That's why. Uh, so think even over the course of your lifetime, kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, now imagine living for 900 years. You know, how many generations are being born and generations upon generations are being born. So very, very quickly... Uh, through the life of Adam and Eve, Cain, all of that, it's, it's instantaneously growing at an exponential rate. Um, so there's a lot of creation that's happening. They're moving, they're reestablishing different areas. Uh, so it, it could be the case, you know, did Cain marry his daughter or something like that? We, we, we don't know. It could have been a niece or, or whoever. It could have been two, three, four, five generations removed and possibly that they had never met so it it doesn't mean that he's marrying his daughter that he you know he's raised or anything like that so these numbers are are growing quite rapidly so the population of the earth isn't small it's quite large uh, because again think of all these overlaps of generations over the course of that time when the genealogies tell us and they had other sons and daughters it's quite an underrated phrase um that they they've got a bunch so and, and they are intermarrying within their clans and families i mean we know that um because i mean a- a- abram and 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 all of that they're marrying their brother's daughter and all kinds of stuff um yeah we're all related yeah everybody marries someone they're related to it's just less weird now than it was then yeah Yes, ma'am. So it, it could be one of, one of a couple of things. It could be that um, there, there is no sea because there's no need for it, and we've all come together. You know, creation is originally one large piece of land. You know, scientists call it Pangaea, all of that. You know, the, the continents sort of fit together. Uh, the flood is what maneuvered them around the world as we know it today. Um, and separated them and tectonic plates and and all of that. So it could be what that means is all of them have been brought together and there's no sea that separates people from one another anymore. Or it could be uh, the sea was viewed as the place of danger and the place of chaos. Uh, And remember where John is when he gets this vision. He's on an island penal colony um, with the waves crashing against the rocks and all that's gone. So it could be you know, metaphorically speaking that there is chaos and darkness and death, all those things are gone. God has removed those things from his creation. Yeah. Now, that's how quickly time goes. And just like that, uh, we're out of time. So, Gene. One, two, three. One, two, three, go team.